Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. A man named James Hamblin is still at it. It's been four years since the physician and health reporter started doing it, and people still come up to him to to ask if he still is, and he respectfully says yes, although probably all they really have to do is take a whiff, because the good doctor has been on a campaign to prove to America that showering less is beneficial to our bodies. Hamblin says bathing disrupts our skin's microbiome, a delicate ecosystem of bacteria, fungi, mites, and viruses that seem to feast on our sweat and body oils without impacting our health. So the answer Amblin specifically gives to the question is yes, he hasn't showered in five years. Yes, he still washes his hands with soap and water frequently. He sometimes wets his hair to get rid of bedhead and rinses off anytime he's visibly dirty, but no soap. And no, he doesn't stink. Although in this case, I'd agree that it's not his nose that knows. I don't know, Cliff. I have smelled some people and delicate is nothing about them. I mean, absolutely nothing about them. <laughs> You're right. I don't wow. know if that's um, possible to go that long and not have some kind of a <laughs> funk. <laughs> yeah, funk. That would you. be a good word. Yeah, funk surrounding you. <laughs> Cliff, I saw this gentleman yet, uh, make that Saturday afternoon in Newburgh yeah. as I okay. was in town there. And he looked to be somewhere in his 80s. Yeah. And he was driving a hopped up Camaro. This thing was beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Oh, okay. And he was cruising around town in this vehicle. And I thought to yeah. myself, it hit me right then. I'm afraid Cliff that when I hit my midlife crisis, yeah. I'm going to be like him and too old to really enjoy <laughs> my midlife <laughs> crisis. I want it to come sooner than that, you know, so I can, <laughs> that's, that's the first thought that went through my yeah. head. It's like, I don't want to delay it that long. I want that crisis early <laughs> so I can get out there and hit it, you know? Right. Have you ever thought that way, Cliff? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We Things that us humans do in various countries of the world that's today called sports and recreation frequently have their roots in work and necessity of the past. For instance the caber toss at the Scottish Highland Games. Now, the competition calls for participants to throw a log 19 feet 6 inches long and weighing 175 pounds in an effort to see who can get it to briefly stand vertical. The game is said to have grown from work done by lumberjacks hundreds of years ago. Enter now a sport that came popular in the 1970s in the Yorkshire area of the U.K., it's said to be related to how some English hunters went to the field searching for rabbits a hundred or more years back. Those hunters, poor folk who were likely hunting on a rich landowner's property, as in poaching. The animals they used to help track down their prey was supposed to be owned at that time only by the wealthy. So if those hunters were spotted in possession of them, they'd be arrested. And that meant quick thinking to conceal the ferrets that did the rabbit spotting if the law enforcement or the property owner came passing by. And that's how today's sport called ferret legging came to be. Ferret legging, by the way, is an endurance sport to see who can stand having a ferret down their pants for the longest. And right now, ferret legging seems to be a popular sport in some areas of Canada. The main rule of ferret legging? Wearing underwear is forbidden. That allows the animals to have access to both of the pant legs and it's also something that provides an additional challenge, shall we say, for the competitor, 
as ferrets have sharp claws and even sharper teeth. By the way, the world record for having a ferret in your pants right now is five hours and ten minutes. And what could be more exciting than watching a dude with an, with his animal, an animal in his pants for a five-hour competition? Should be in the Olympics, Cliff. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would watch that. Maybe not the whole five hours. Yeah. But I would I mean, watch for, the condensed version of it. For TV, I mean, they could condense it. Yeah. They could condense it down. I just want the highlights. <laughs> the highlight is when something sensitive gets bitten. That's exactly right. Or clawed. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Cliff. Yeah. Do you think there's any way we could come up with a consensus here to stop the pumpkin spice flavoring of everything <laughs> in the world? I don't I don't think we can. I think it's out of control. I don't, I don't believe there's a way to stop it. Everything, yeah. everything now has pumpkin yeah. spice in it, and I get tired of it every fall. Maybe it's because it's 2020 and the whole year's been messed up. It yeah. seems to get on my nerves even more right now. Mobile One synthetic oil, now yeah. with pumpkin spice. Why do we need this, Cliff? <laughs> I mean, sure, when I, when I check my dipstick, it smells good. But I don't check it that often, Cliff, for it to even matter. Just make it smell like oil. I don't need pumpkin spice in there. Yeah, you know, like my car doesn't even have a dipstick. It doesn't? No, it's got a sensor. It's got thing that comes up in the uh, in the computer on the screen. It tells you what your oil level is. There's not even a dipstick. So you can't even smell yours, can you? No, I can't smell my dipstick at all. Does your car use synthetic oil? Yes, well, but see, it uses the Castrol, not that other brand you were talking about. Oh, the mobile one? Yeah. Well, I'm sure if you look, Castrol's probably got it too, but I wouldn't splurge <laughs> for the extra glyph because you can't smell it on your yeah, car. That's, especially not on my car. No. Hey, Reed, what's the latest on the candy contest? Well, I'll tell you what the latest is on the candy contest. Yeah. I will push children down to get candy, Cliff, because I'm <laughs> wait, competitive wait, wait, whenever it comes to candy, and I'm going to win this contest. Wait, 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 I, I'm I, telling I you, I wait, will. Hold on. Hold, just stop for a second. Okay. That's not the candy challenge he was talking about. It's been well established that you're the uh, undisputed king of knocking little kids down and taking their candy. <laughs> That's true. I will. That's right. He's, I'm not he's proud talking of about our uh, a candy bracket challenge. Oh. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Okay. Is that up and going? or? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's ready for people to vote on. It's all up and, uh, and you can go there now. now where do I so, go? So you go to uh, our website, weedandcliff.com, right under our the big picture of our uh, funny-looking faces. There's a link that says click here to vote in the candy contest. And it's basically like a bracket. So this week we're voting on the left side of the bracket. So there are four options for you to pick your favorites. The winners will move forward. Then we'll vote on the right side of the bracket. And those winners will move forward. And then we'll just pare it down until we get a candy champion. And we'll wrap that up, you know, the first bracket Thursday or Friday, depending yeah, on the works. votes, however that works, Cliff, or something sure. like that. Yeah. I'm glad. that's. I should have led with that. That would have been a much better story than... <laughs> Knocking kids down and taking their candy. That was... Yeah, that wasn't... That's, <laughs> sorry about that. Okay. The story is a woman in India. She's 65 years old. Yeah. She's given birth to eight babies over the past 14 months. <laughs> eight yes. babies in 14 in months. In 14 months. Huh. And I did a little research and found out that ba- basically in India, if you give birth yeah. to a girl, they give you an encouragement amount of money. <laughs> so people <laughs> on paper write that down. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, if you put down eight 
children in 14 months. Somebody yeah. is going to raise a red flag there somewhere, Cliff. I mean, there are people around who know how to do math. That's right. <laughs> Just the basic math there would pretty well. Yeah. And and to be basic uh, human I don't know, anatomy or whatever you say, gestational. Yeah, people know that stuff. People have that pretty well. It's been happening for a long time, so most folks got that down pat. I thought, though, Cliff, if there was any way that could possibly be true, that this woman should take up yoga or knitting or something, because that's a much better hobby to have, I would think, than birthing children one after the other. Maybe that's just me. Get a TV. Get a TV, yes. Get a TV and entertain yourself or something like that. We had the football game Saturday between Virginia Tech and NC State eventually turned into a shootout. It was the type of game that requires the leadership and skillful hands of a talented quarterback. But Vatek had just one problem. Early in the second quarter, their QB, Braxton Burmeister, was sacked, and somehow the hit struck a nerve in his arm or something, and that left his throwing hand mangled, locked, and unable to move. His fingers were basically closed, and he couldn't open them. It's kind of hard, of course, to throw a football like that. Unfortunately, or fortunately, though, he had a fan in the stands that knew what the problem was, even if the trainers on the sidelines didn't. His mom, who went to the concession stand before halftime, got some packets, then met her son in the locker room at halftime, where she prepared and applied a mustard pack the salt from which relaxed the hand muscles, and he returned to the game in the third quarter to lead his team to a 45-24 win. If you was a trainer, would you not be embarrassed right now, Cliff? (laughs) Would that not be, like, insulting? Yes. (laughs) You're absolutely right. We've had all of this education on what to do. We x-rayed, and we ultrasounded, and we did this, and we sprayed that, and Mom came to the to the locker room and made him a mustard pack. Yeah. Mom fixed it with gray poop on and it was all ready to go. <laughs> I read this morning, Cliff, in Scotland, sightings of Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, oh. have increased dramatically in that country. Oh, really? Everybody that goes out there sees the Loch Ness Monster <laughs> now. Okay. And so I did some research. Okay. Loch. It's a Scottish word that means cold, deep lake. Okay. Nessie, Scottish yeah. word meaning too much whiskey. <laughs> we were not going to play no prize, just punishment this morning. Okay. That was on the agenda. But then when I got to work today, two things happened that changed my tune. Uh-oh, what was that? Well, number one is it's National Drink Beer Day, and I just found that out when I got to work. <laughs> really? I didn't and, know that. And I figured I could come up with uh, two truths and a lie there, Cliff, okay. on National Drink Beer Day. Yeah. And number two, and more importantly, there mm-hmm. was a text message waiting this morning, Cliff, as soon as I got here, saying that Sunday morning this person woke up with the song Brand New Key stuck in their head. <laughs> And that's a proud moment for us here on this program, Cliff, whenever we can stick a song in your head and get it stuck there from Friday. All the way to Sunday. Yes. So I thought, Cliff, today we would play that game. We'll have the questions about National Drink Beer Day. Hi, who's this? Jim. Jim. What's your last name, Jim? Hoffman. Jimmy Hoffa. Are you serious, really? Uh, uh, It's hard to talk with a mouthful of concrete. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness well jim who is this really 
I've called you before. We talked about Mousetrap one day. You never played Mousetrap. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, Jim, yeah. I want to thank you for calling in to begin with. And uh, yep. I'm I, not going to win anything, though. That's bad. Well, no, I see you. There's, that's the cornerstone of the game. There's no prize to this game. There's just punishment, Jim, <laughs> well, if you mess this up. Yeah. Some of the prizes that I wouldn't have took anyway. So. Well, there you go. So, see, you don't, you're not losing anything right now, Jim. Play tiptoe through the tulips again like you did the first time. Oh, my. That was horrible, isn't it? Huh? Oh, oh my. Well, Jim, I remember seeing him on Ed Sullivan or somebody. Yeah. yeah it was like, now I'm telling my age. It was like looking in the mirror, wasn't it, Jim? Uh, <laughs> your, your mirror, maybe. Right under you the know, every, everything's shorter when you look in a mirror. That is true. Well, Jim, <laughs> you have a good day, and thanks for playing. Well, Cliff, I think Jim, our last contestant here on this program, yeah. I think he pretty well said it all about this entire program, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think so, Cliff. And here's what Jim said. Okay. Some of the prizes that I wouldn't have took anyways. Okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> here's the Alan Jackson Grumpy Pants News, Cliff. Okay. He's downsizing because he's selling his house in Franklin, Tennessee. Okay. It uh, sits on about four acres and has 120 acres surrounding it, so you can't get very close to it. Yeah. I looked it up on Zillow, and they're wanting like $23 million for this house. For the whole lot. For the basically. whole thing. 23, yeah. 23 and a half. They'll probably bargain a little bit with you if you come up with that kind of cash. <laughs> yeah. Zillow says that your monthly payment on this cliff would be about $100,500 every month. <laughs> this is not your normal house by any means. It has 22,000 yeah. square feet in it. Jeez. It has... A sunken bathtub that's bigger than my living room. I saw the pictures on the internet. Yeah. It's like good shape. If I would buy that house, Cliff, let's just say I bought that place. Let's just say that, yeah. I would invite some of my friends over, yeah. and we would play hide-and-seek. <laughs> Only this time, yeah. they would be required to come look for me. It's my house. I'm making the rules in here. No more of this. You go hide, Mr. Bigfoot, if yeah. we pretend that we're looking for you. No, if it's my house, you're looking for me. That's right. We're playing by the rules. Well, Cliff, this whole yeah. week is fall foliage week, okay. which is always a little bit sad for me as I think back to uh, this time whenever I was a kid. Yeah. Because every year around this time, maybe in October, in the middle of it, my mm -hmm. parents would load us all up in the car and we would have to go drive around looking at leaves. <laughs> Not that okay. we didn't have any right here we could look at, but for some reason, I guess they were pretty dear if you got out of this county. We did that every yeah. year. Yeah. And yet, somehow, my parents couldn't find their way six or seven blocks to uptown Owensville to the hardware store to get me that bicycle I wanted for Christmas. We made trips everywhere else, Cliff. <laughs> we couldn't make it six or seven blocks away. I oh hated my. going looking for leaves. Do you do yeah. that? Uh, not every year, but I have been known to do it. I know if you watch like the weather channel, that's a lot of what they talk about now, since there are no active hurricanes threatening landfall, um, is the, what's going on in like Maine and Vermont and that part of up, upper New England, because it's that time of year for the leaves right now, the colors are in full bloom and people apparently it's the tourist time of the year up there. People are, are flocking there to see the pole, to see the uh, um, the leaves. 
That's one place I won't ever be flocking. I'm going to say that. <laughs> to see the lead. I mean, they, uh, there's going to be a time when, like, uh, Nashville, Indiana, that area, is impassable with cars because people are there looking at leaves. Yeah. I know absolutely nothing about William Shakespeare except two things. He's known as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, writer of all time in literary yeah. world. Yes. And number two, I can't understand a dang thing he's ever written whenever <laughs> I read it. Well, I mean, it was written a long time ago. The English language was a different beast back then. That's exactly right. But I looked up a little bit about William Shakespeare today. He was on my mind for some reason on the way to work, Cliff. Okay. And I looked up some things, and it's, you know, he's not so much different than most people even right now in today's society, really? Cliff. Time now for Take It to the Bank. Yep. Today, Cliff, William Shakespeare, he became extremely rich by hoarding grain and then selling it for ridiculously inflated prices <laughs> during a famine in England. And it's an unusual investment strategy right that there. That is. And then he took that money that he made by uh, sticking yeah. it to everybody who was about to starve. Yeah. He took that money and then ran a money lending business where he charged excessive <laughs> fees and was at one time even charged with tax evasion. He was. <laughs> so not everything was squeaky clean with Mr. William, but all of that, Cliff, you could take straight to the bank. Did you oh. know any of that, Cliff? I, I didn't know either of those facts. So you learned something oh. today, didn't you? Unfortunately, I did, yes. yes. <laughs> William Shakespeare was uh, a grain hoarder and a paycheck lender. There you go. <laughs> Cliff, anything said today? Morning Roadshow Phrases of the Day, start with number three. Ferret-legging. <laughs> that almost sounds made up. Uh, I looked it up. It's actually a real thing. Okay. And um, you can imagine what could get bitten during a good game of ferret-legging. I don't want to imagine it. <laughs> number two. Mom fixed it with gray poupon. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I think if my mom was fixing it and she was using gray poupon, it would be in an entirely different material. Hmm. The number one morning roadshow phrase for today comes from uh, one of our listeners who said earlier, some of the prizes I wouldn't have taken anyway. Okay, all right. <laughs> Jim did say that, though, didn't he? He did. He did. Oh, he did, yep. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.